The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, we're talking about uh, social media moms. Um, there's a really great brand new study out by Baby Center called the 2010 Mom Social Influencer Segmentation Study. That sure is a mouthful. But basically, the intent of the study is to break down online women into five segments. And they break it into what they call influencers, field experts, life casters, pros, and the influenced, as well as butterflies and the audience, which is a little bit more detail. Um, it's a really interesting study, and I would love to be able to take more time to dive into it and hoping that we'll get someone on Baby Center on this program in the near future to, to really give you a lot more detail. But I can tell you that basically influence in this study was measured by how often social moms post or comment on social networks and the size of their networks on the platforms. So a field expert is a stay-at-home mom with a topical focus on parenting. A life caster is a millennial mom who lives her life in public. Pros are mom bloggers who have turned their passion for social into a profession. And um, the ones who are influenced by these are the butterflies, who are young professionals who put social and social networking, as Baby Center calls them, and the audience, which is the largest group of social moms who listen in and take it all in. Um, it was a really interesting. Some key highlights, according to Baby Center, were that pregnancy and birth triggered 94% of moms to seek out information and share opinions with others online. We've known this for a long time, but those are two very significant life stages for moms. But I don't think we had any idea that it was a 94% of moms were triggered by pregnancy and birth to really get that information online. Some other top-line takeaways, 18% of social moms wield 78% of the influence. Field experts and live casters make up 16% of the audience. And 91% of social moms use Facebook for socializing. 89 use Baby Center for gathering useful information. So hopefully more on that from Baby Center later on on a purse strings of the future. So our purse profile today is the environmentally conscious women. And the reason I focused on environmentally conscious women is the um, guest that we have on today does a lot of um, activism. And we know that environmentally conscious women are very focused on activism, um, greening of the earth, uh, really being focused on doing good. So felt like this was a great personal profile today. This is a woman in her early 20s or early 30s. 
with a moderate income. Again, they're focused on buying organic, supporting green causes and companies and being environmentally conscious. There's more than 3 million of them out there, average, average age of 34. And um, they, they recycle. They never buy cosmetics tested on animals. They buy products that use recycled pa- uh, paper, and they're willing to actually pay more for these products. They're very concerned about social issues. They're worried about violence and crime, pollution, um, and, and equal rights. Um, in fact, they, they get very involved in these issues as well. They consider themselves intellectually curious and willing to make a statement. They're purchasing at Ikea and Whole Foods. They're driving Hondas and Toyotas. Um, they're shopping at Avena, the body shop, and they also buy Aveda. Um, and they're reading magazines like The Economist, Glamour, W, New Yorker. Um, they're watching shows like BBC America, Bravo, TLC, the Independent Film Channel, and Discovery Channel. And they're online at USA Today, Wall Street Journal, Expedia, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, MySpace, and Netflix. Well, my guest for today, as I mentioned before, is very much about activism. Brent Shulkin is the founder of Carrot Mob. Carrot Mob is a type of consumer activism in which businesses compete at how socially responsible they can be. And then you, the consumer, spends money to support whichever business makes the strongest offer. It's very, very interesting concept. I've been watching this company for the last couple of years. And as Brent will tell you, it's the opposite of a boycott and much more effective. More from Brent and Carrot Mob when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Hi, this is Joel Kamm. I want to take a moment to tell you about a revolutionary new theme for WordPress that's going to change the way you make websites. It's called the Socrates theme, and it is the number one WordPress product on ClickBank. You can see it in action right now at SocratesTheme.com. The Socrates theme has a ton of options for customizing your site, but what really makes it stand out is the ability to monetize your site instantly just by entering your ClickBank or AdSense IDs right inside the theme. That's right, there's no plugins needed. Go check it out now at SocratesTheme.com. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEOfox link building report. (laughs) Sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. The Jerry Abram Show, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Entertainment Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
Purse Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me now is Brent Shulkin, founder of Carrot Mob. And the way Brent describes Carrot Mob on his website is Carrot Mob is a type of consumer activation in which businesses compete at how socially responsible they can be. And then a network of consumers spends money to support whichever businesses make the strongest offer. Sound simple? Maybe? I think so. And I'm very excited to welcome Brent to the show to explain more about Carrot Mob. Welcome, Brent. Hi, Maria. Glad to be here. So happy to have you. You know, I had heard about Carrot Mob a few years ago and um, thought that the concept was absolutely fantastic. And um, now that I have this handy-dandy radio show, I get to get to call people up like you and say, I find you fascinating. <laughs> Tell me more about what you do. <laughs> so uh, let's leap right to it. Tell everybody out there listening today about Carrot Mob and uh, what what is Carrot Mob? Well, thank you. It's great to be here, and then thank you for the kind words about the idea, which is, you know, deceptively simple. It's a pretty simple idea. Basically, we have a network of consumers, and what we do is we go to these businesses and say, all right, a bunch of businesses could each do something more socially responsible. So we have them compete for who's willing to make the strongest commitment. Uh, and generally, businesses are reluctant to take big actions to be socially responsible because it costs them money. They have to make some investments and changes and so on. So what we do is get all of our consumers to agree to spend money to support whoever is the business that makes the strongest commitment. And so as a result, we are able to sort of finance the changes the businesses want to make and, and reward them for doing something that makes us as responsible consumers happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it does sound like a very simple concept, doesn't it? I mean, who doesn't want to support a really great cause? And you don't want to have to break the bank to do that. And if you're a company who really wants to do great work, you know, you do, you're a business as well, right? You, you don't want to go in debt to do that. Did it, did it take a lot of convincing, um, this whole concept? Did it take a lot of convincing for your first client to say, let's, let's go and try this? Or was it a pretty easy sell? Well, I'll tell you how it, how it started. You know, my, my background was one that had included, you know, various types of traditional activism. And, you know, I had done things like go to rallies and protests and participate in boycotts and sign, you know, harshly worded petitions and this sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I always felt those methods were a little ineffective or a little naive, and, and I, I was left wanting more. So... You know, when I came up with this simple idea, it, at first I assumed that someone had done this before and it hadn't worked because it's just so obvious. Uh, but when I, when I actually went to try and test it out and do the first campaign, I went to 23 different uh, liquor stores, little convenience stores in my neighborhood in San Francisco. And at each one I said, I'm going to bring hundreds of people, you know, to one store on one day and we're all going to buy you know, our popsicles and beer and canned food or whatever it is that you would buy, which of you will, you know, take the largest, if you were to win, who will take the, the biggest percentage of that revenue and set it aside to reinvest in your uh, energy efficiency? And so when I, I just rode around my bike to sort of ask these store managers if they would do this, and, you know, the first, um, first run was not <laughs> that successful. I, I sort of dropped off a little letter and pretty much no one wrote back and a lot of people were, just didn't understand the idea or they were like, I talked to my boss about it and it was difficult. 
but when I went back and sort of gave the hard sell to a few places, I, I got several that were interested, and they took a leap and started bidding and said, here's what I'll do. I'll give you 10% of whatever you guys bring in. And then it was 15% and 17% and 20 and the 22% was the biggest bid. So, you know, and then we ended up having a great campaign where hundreds of people showed up at this, this one store on 16th Street, and then uh, we made it worth their while. It's been all, about $9,400 in just a couple hours, which tripled their daily revenue. And in exchange, they uh, replaced their whole lighting system to be super efficient. So from that point on, it got easier to convince businesses because we were uh, able to sort of point to successes in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had a great case study under your belt. It's always easier when people can see an example and they truly understand then what it what they need to do and how it works. You do have businesses compete, which I think is is really interesting. It, do you do that because um, you want to kind of give it a greater value, make it feel like it's got a, a, a big value, and so therefore, if people compete for it? then they're going to be more aggressive about the percentage they set aside? I mean, kind of why why compete for this? Well, you know, the whole, the reason we call this carrot mob is because we use the, the carrot, not the stick. If you think of, you know, how are you going to create this incentive for a, a, uh, a business? The carrot's the thing. So if you had um, just said, hey, these consumers are going to come on one day and spend money, um, and then you're going to make a change in return, that's not a bad carrot, but if you can say, we're going to have a competition, and then whoever wins, we're going to be trumpeting to the world that you are the most responsible, that you, you have now a competitive advantage, and we're going to be telling, you credib- telling everyone credibly that you are the strongest on this, uh, then that becomes an even bigger carrot. And I think that you know, for some of these businesses, they, they care a lot about their reputation and, and we are able to create a really good reputation when we do the competition because it just is so much more meaningful. And consumers, you know, they feel in, in this context like, you know, the business is going to do something for me and I'm going to return that favor and spend a whole lot of money in this business. So it, it does, the competition makes it a lot stronger and I think emotionally on both sides, people are more invested and um, but, you know, there, there are a lot of different situations where you could use a model like this. So you may not have to have a competition every single time. Mm-hmm. No, it makes perfect sense, actually, the way you describe it. And thank you so much for explaining what Carrot Mob means. That was another question I had because uh, it's a creative yeah. name and makes makes a lot of sense that you want to dangle the carrot. You don't want to hit someone over the head with something. It's all about incentivizing. Um, you know, I would imagine that success looks a little different based on what the goals of are the competing businesses. It, but do, have you found that success typically means it, you're raising more awareness or driving more activation or, or driving more sales? I mean, kind of what has been the common success meter, if you will? You mean it for the campaign as a whole or just for the business? Yeah, I think for the, for not, yeah, not for Carrot Mob as a business model, but more for the businesses that are participating in this activity. Are they looking to drive so, sales? Are they looking to, to raise awareness? It's, it's, it's totally a mix. And, and, you know, when I went to that liquor store, they didn't care about their reputation because no liquor stores care about their reputation, you know. <laughs> People go to a convenience store because it's convenient, and they're not going to be sort of attracting new customers who are going to drive across town to this, you know, to pick up some toilet paper. So, you know, for them it was about cash. How much do, are we going to spend? But then, you know, I did another event where we went to coffee shops 
And uh, for them, it wasn't about cash. It was about being seen as the sort of the leaders in the community. Um, because, and also, you know, it would be, it's easy to spend a lot of money at a liquor store because you can spend a hundred bucks on, you know, some bottles of wine and, and justify that to yourself. You can't justify buying 20 scones at a coffee shop, you know, <laughs> to, try and, exactly. to try and spend a lot of money. So that's kind of, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be different. And I've, you know, what we've contemplated, we haven't yet done uh, a large-scale campaign with large companies. That's something that we uh, are excited about doing at some point. So far, we've had about 80 of these events, and they've been all local community-level events. But, um, you know, I've been trying to sort of, I've spoken with some executives at larger companies about this, and I think that when we try to do this with bigger companies, it'll be uh, more about reputation than about sales, but this is really, it's just going to be a big social experiment. I'm not exactly sure what we're going to find until we do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you did mention, you know, you have had success with smaller companies and you're seeking to apply it to larger companies. Is there anything that you think holds those larger companies back from immediately saying, yes, let's, let's try that idea? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, well, I, I think that it's going to come down to, our network of people and our mob. And, you know, if every listener you have joins the mob and, um, every, you know, if we're able to get, you know, millions of people, then I think a lot of these problems will disappear because we just offer so much value to a company that they'll, they'll listen. But right now, you know, we are, it's still very sort of uncertain. And, and I could, you know, we're, we're building a lot of, making a lot of progress as months pass. But for now, if I were a big business, I would say to myself, um, okay, well, who is, you know, the person here who really knows what they're doing about my issue? You know, who's really the expert on, uh, you know, energy issues? And, and one of the things we're going to do when we do these big campaigns is form partnerships with other advocacy groups and sort of bring in people who already know these issues, who already have relationships with these big uh, brands and get involved. And then, you know, another question which is, is definitely going to be a tricky one to answer, is how do you get these big brands to feel safe even while they're competing and, and they may not win? So if we were, you know, pick, pick any industry, maybe it's, uh, you know, the shoe industry. If we did sort of a global carrot mob with Nike versus Reebok versus Adidas, and, and then we said, you know, great, one of these companies wins, the other two lose, that to me would be... Uh, something that I need to think deeply about if I want to get involved with that, if I'm, uh, you know, if I may lose. So those are some of the things that we need to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's a process. And as you said before, you know, you have some excellent case studies that you can show to these guys too, these bigger guys and say, look, I mean, there's, there's a lot of really wonderful things that are on the back end of this. It may be worth the risk. Um, I am curious that once companies do win, and they've kind of committed to set the funds aside and, and invest them wisely. How do you know if they actually follow through with it? I mean, do you have kind of a, a follow-through that you do with them, or do you just take them for their word and hope that they implement what they say they will? So this is something that's the responsibility of whoever the actual organizer is. So the two events that I've, you know, we have organized ourselves, uh, I've done that, and it, it, and they've, Followed through, no problem. The other, you know, 80 or so events have been, uh, you know, I haven't done the follow-up personally. I, I think that um, 
most of these organizers have, and it's been fine. Um, the whole idea of enforcing this, I used to worry about that a lot. I used to think, oh, man, how do you enforce? This is the Achilles heel of this idea. Uh, and I don't worry about it anymore. And the reason is that we haven't, like, I haven't heard about a single problem with all these campaigns. And I think it comes down to reputation. Because if you are getting involved with a current mob event, the premise there is generally that you, you accept the premise that Carrot Mob can help your reputation. And so if you are uh, at, you know, on a 1 to 10 scale, say you start at a 5, you think, oh, I'm going to win a Carrot Mob, I'm going to go up to a 9 or a 10. If then it were discovered that you did not actually follow through and, and this is a whole, all a big scam and you didn't do it, you don't drop down to a 5, you drop down to a 1. And so mm-hmm. I think that when businesses are conscious of their reputation um, and we're going to be, you know, keeping tabs and being able to talk about what they're doing, I think that's really all the enforcement that we're going to need in most cases. Um, so that's, uh, again, now this will only work if we're dealing with, consu- with uh, companies that care about their reputation. If there's some, you know, murky, shady arms dealer or some, you know, <laughs> n- you know aluminum manufacturer that doesn't really deal directly with consumers, maybe then that's the limits of this model. But uh, otherwise, I think it'll work fine. Yeah, no, I agree. There's a certain amount of self-policing to it. Uh, You're correct. And I think those companies that would even buy to win at Carrot Mob, they're already invested, right? They're hand raisers. So I think think you're right. I don't think you need to worry too terribly much about it. Um, We're going to take a quick break, Brent. When we come back, really do want to talk about how Carrot Mob's translated in countries all over the world. So more on that when Purse Rings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Staying ahead of the curve to deliver the best online marketing solutions you need. That's what the JAR Group is all about. The JAR Group offers a full-service suite of marketing and managing solutions custom-tailored for affiliate search and social media. The JAR Group uses their resources and research to help meet and exceed the revenue expectations of each and every client. Find out how the JAR Group can work for you at thejargroup.com. That's thejargroup.com. The JAR Group, online marketing with measurable results. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. 
It's time to start jamming and spamming again with the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of surf, SEO rock stars, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I'm joined today by Brent Shulkin, founder of Carrot Mob. For those of you out there who have not heard about Carrot Mob, it is a type of consumer activism in which businesses compete at how socially responsible they can be. And then you, consumers, you get to spend money to support those businesses uh, and the single one that makes the strongest offer. It's a, it's a really great way. I think Brent calls it cooler than boycotts, which I absolutely agree with. And Brent, um, you work on campaigns all over the world. This is We're just not talking the U.S. In fact, a ton of your campaigns take place overseas. Lots in Finland, I noticed. Also London, Germany, Belgium. Have, have you found that people overseas react differently to the concept of Carrot Mob than we do here in the States? Good question. You know, we're, we're still sort of making, you know, trying to gather enough data on this because we're, we're kind of in the wild, wild west of Carrot Mob where every country we go to, there's a new different organizer just experimenting. Uh, but, yeah, we have seen this from, you know, nightclubs in Helsinki to grocery stores in Bangkok to uh, we just recently had our first in Singapore with all these, students going to a bubble tea stand and um it's been uh, i haven't i haven't seen anything that varies too widely i would say that in general the reports we have on how much people spend people in europe uh finland and germany they they are spending a lot of euros so that's one thing that's uh that i've noticed but in general i think this is a very universal idea um you know because the idea is such a win, 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 you know, uh, the business wins, the organizer slash you know, activist wins, and then the ordinary consumer who just wants to, you know, make a purchase, do something that's easy and cheap and not really controversial, but makes them feel like they're, they are having, you know, an impact. And, you know, because of that, I think that it's just really something that, as long as there's, you know, some basic appreciation for the idea of, capitalism, then, you know, people all around the world are getting on board with this. And so, I don't know, I, I think that it's something that, you know, at first, when we did the campaign in San Francisco, everyone thought, oh, boy, well, that'll, of course, that works in San Francisco, you know, <laughs> good luck in, you know, red <laughs> states. And, and then uh, you know, the next one was in Kansas City. And then it, there really hasn't been um, any big cultural divide that I've seen. You know, so far we've done a lot of these campaigns with young people, um, but I think that's only because uh, people, young people are the people watching viral videos of Carrot Mob events on, on YouTube, and uh, we've seen some with, with older people, and they've worked great. So I'm really uh, optimistic about the uh, sort of universality of this. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's probably a great appeal to companies that might want to be involved, too, if they're looking to connect. Well, you know, as you said, a lot of young people, but there is a lot of universality to, to the concept. But companies can really get involved with their target consumer this way. Is that one of the reasons you'd recommend this type of crowdsourcing to companies to get involved? And I mean, kind of what's part of your business pitch? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's going to be different for each company, and, and I think this is a great customer acquisition tool uh, in a lot of cases. But, you know, really, I, I think that we're going to have to be developing these campaigns, like, in conversation with the company so we know what they care about most. Like, do they care 
about us and being able to you know go on Twitter and, and make a big fuss on Twitter, or is that not what they care about? They maybe they only care about can we get uh, you know all the sort of you know church groups in you know Ohio to show up because that's where they have this most resonance or something. I don't know. So we'll, we'll, again, that'll be a big experiment. But I think that you know every company has such a different. Uh, position in the market, and every company has different priorities in different times of the year, and so we'll have to just see as we go, but uh, I'm excited to explore it. Yeah. Are there companies out there, and I'm not asking you to name names, I'm talking more philosophical, are there companies that wouldn't make good partners for Carrot Mob? Um, well, again, I, I, what comes to mind is these sort of companies that are not consumer-facing, that don't really mm-hmm. deal with ordinary consumers. Um, but if you're talking about sort of, you know, do we deal with, the, with companies that are not socially responsible, um, you know, we're, 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 we don't have any rules and, and really, you know, sharp lines set up in that area. I mean, what we're excited about is, you know, not taking, finding the most socially responsible companies and, you uh, sending more people there while leaving the biggest companies, you know, irresponsible. We really want to tackle people who this is new for them, and and they haven't done a lot, but they're so big, they're so powerful that we really want to get them to change. Um, You know, and a lot of credit is due to all the the businesses that have already changed, but I'm excited about, um, you know, that's why when when I did a liquor store, that was novel, and people said, what? An an (laughs) eco-friendly liquor store? Like, never even heard of that, and so... If we can go to these big companies and say, we're going to have you change your entire factory because we have you know, 20 million people, that's what I'm excited about doing. I think people will sort of be excited if they're able to feel so powerful that they can do that. Um, you know, I, I think that that's the type of change we can demonstrate, that, that you don't necessarily get the feeling of great change happening when you're, you're buying sort of your... Uh, everyone always knows these guys are socially responsible. So it's going to be a strange tension to send people towards the, you know, big, you know, billion-dollar company that is just newly getting interested in sustainability, for example, when there's these other small companies who are, have been doing this for years. That'll be an interesting tension to explore. But um, I think we, for the sake of impact, need to make sure we keep pretty focused on the big guys. Yeah. Well, it, it certainly is an exciting concept, and for listeners out there who are very excited and want to know more, Brent, how how where can they go? Where they can get in touch with you or someone on your team if they want to if they want to try to uh, buy for Carrot Mob? Uh, yeah, so the places to find out more are carrotmob.org and also facebook.com/carrotmob, also twitter.com/carrotmob. Uh, and you'll find our, our email address, info at carrotmob.org, uh, on our website. And, you know, we are just right now newly incorporated as a new nonprofit organization. And just, you know, if you go to our website, it, you'll see it probably every day will be slightly starting to change and improve because we're just getting ready to sort of uh, be able to really get some tools to make it easier to organize events and, and, you know, we're going to be looking for donations to sort of make sure we can build those systems up. So, yeah, we're just getting going, and, and we'd love to sort of have everyone join and, and just be a part of the mob. 
Well, and congratulations on your new nonprofit status. It's very exciting. And I do encourage people to go on to carrotmob.org. It's just a fascinating website. You get to learn more about Brent and his team and see all the, the various types of activities taking place all over the world. It's a really great site. So, Brent, best of luck with Carrot Mob and continued success with the anti-boycott and all the great work that you're doing. And thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Maria. And thanks to my producer, George. Another great show. And join us next week for another edition of Purse Strings right here, Tuesday at 3 o'clock. I'll be speaking with Heidi Dangelmeyer and her team at 3 Eyeing. She's a pioneer of a research and design methodology called Girl Approved. Yes, she's really focused on the girl youth market. And her intent is to troubleshoot and re-engineer old brands and products as well as create new and original ones with young girls and mine. So that's next week right here, Purse Strings. Until then, make it a great one. <laughs> 